0: Howdy there, my fellow distanced fellas. I'm Peyton Zignago here with COVID Operation to bring you your daily dose of cheer. Happy Thursday! Yep, that's right, you've almost made it through yet another week. I know, super crazy, right? I will not be making any jelly comparisons today, but apologies, but I can't say the same for tomorrow. I don't know what I'll say tomorrow. We'll figure it out. Anyway, today we have really, really exciting things to do because, that's right, it's day two of the Charles Carpenter interview from last week. I know I kept you guys waiting for a whole week, but trust me, it was worth the wait. The second half is also just as good as the first half. But before I do that, I just want to say I did have an awesome birthday yesterday and I am officially 19 now. My parents and my friends all made sure it was really good. Um, If you're having a birthday over quarantine, I highly suggest having your friends drive by or have their parents drive them over and drop off their gift for you in the driveway or the walkway, and then you can go out and open it on the lawn while you socially distance with them from their cars. That's what my friends and I did, and it was pretty fun. I got to see them, and they got to watch me open their present for me, and I got some really nice stuff from them. Lots of handmade things. It was it was wonderful. I love all my friends, so uh, it was a good day. So yeah, that's what I'd suggest doing if you're having a birthday in quarantine. You still get to see your friends, and you still get to be safe. So, you know, making the best of a situation. All right, all right, I've rambled long enough. Let's take it to Charles. Back to you in the studio, Peyton. You're not going to say thanks, Peyton, because this is the second half of an interview, but thanks anyway, Peyton. You were talking about your character and, and like how you prep to go onto a set. Do you have any other like, aspects that you go into when you've been given a character and you want to sort of formulate their how they are? What else do you go into when you're doing that?
1: Well, sure, let's see. Step one, do your homework on the project find out as much as you can about the world. So I'm a big comic book geek. Now, I'm more Marvel than I am DC. I did, I did follow DC for, for a little while, more Superman than Batman, but when I found out what I'd booked and what it really related to, I did my research, you know, to understand uh, the world, to understand Gotham City, to understand, you know, kind of the, the, the canon of that world and then dive into the character. If you have access to the writers and you're not always going to have access to the writers, but if you do ask them, what is your take on this character? Who is he? Go through and read your material, read the entirety of the script. If you can get your hands on it. So you understand exactly where you fit. And then you go into the psyche of the character and you start to break down. Okay. Based on what he's doing in this script, based on, because the beauty of a script is that you have clairvoyance, you can see into the future, you know what happens at the end of the conversation, because you can go there and see, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in this conversation, you and I, you know, I can just randomly say, boogers, you don't know, nope. see? I have to take it, because it wasn't scripted, but because we have the script, we get to look at it and say, okay, oh, well, here's the start, middle and end. So now I have to justify why my actions are the way they are. So I begin to go in and then deconstruct the character. These are the questions I always ask in every scene. What does my character want? What does the other character want or other characters? What is the conflict? Typically, if there is no conflict, there is no scene. How am I going to get what I want? And what am I loading up. What energy am I starting off with? And that load up really, this is a Meisner technique. It really only lasts for the first second, but then it's impulse to impulse where you go, but you've got to come in feeling something. And when you're on set, you know, a lot of people will say, well, in this scene, I start off angry and then I get jealous and then I get sad. And then I get, I, I, I get happy because I find out that he's at, She's actually in love with me and all this stuff. Like, yeah. There's a lot that goes through it, but you can't juggle 15 different emotions, hitting your mark, finding your eye line, navigating all the ins and outs of being on a set, and doing all that work all at once. So start off with one, build that up, and let it lead you, and let it be the wellspring from which all the other emotions come out. So I ask myself those questions in every scene. If you don't know what conflict is, and like I said, in in some roles, like co-star stuff, when people start off typically are smaller. They are just exposition. And again, there's that word just, it's not just, but they, they are there to allow you to move from point A to point B in the scene. So I'm a cop in the scene. I I booked a co-star role and I have to let you know about what's going on. So the police chief is on his way down. We have a cordon set up from 43rd street over to Manhattan Avenue and Johnson's on his way up the stairs. Okay. So now you know these things. Here comes police chief. Johnson's on his way up the stairs. We've got a cordon from 43rd to Manhattan Avenue. That was all that I needed to give you so that the audience knows, okay, we have all this information. But if that's it, then what is the point of me being there? Why why would that be a fun experience for me? So I asked myself, what do I want out of the scene? I want to give information. What do the other people want out of the scene? They want to solve the crime. What is my conflict, okay? If there's no conflict apparent there, I need to put one there to give me something to work over. Maybe it's my my first real gig, and so I'm nervous about it. Maybe I have had run-ins with Johnson, so he doesn't like me. Maybe my dad was killed in this same way. and so I want to get this guy really bad and I got to work past that anger. okay? How am I going to get what I want? Well? If I can get him to nod, I understand. I see he, he understands what I'm getting. But I want to give this information. So I'm going to be straightforward. I'm going to be very businesslike. But I've got to get past that nervousness of Johnson coming up the stairs. So because we all feel stuff all the time. And then what am I loading up? Am I loading up love? I love being a cop. Am I loading up pride in my job? I'm proud of this. Am I loading up that fear for Johnson coming up or fear of not doing a good job? Just by breaking down a scene into those elements, it allows you to begin to play and try things. And that's what makes it fun. That's why you're there so that you can say, hey, let me try it like this. Let me try one where I feel really proud. See what the director says. Let me try one now where I'm kind of nervous and bring that energy in and just see where that takes me. So it's about understanding the scenes, breaking them down, and then understanding your character. The larger the character, the more responsibility you have to really understanding where he fits in the story. Again, co-star, you'll be there for a day. You do your stuff, you move on. If it's a guest star, you have a little bit bigger role. Maybe it's a one-day guest star where the entire scene is about you or scenes, or it's it's a full week guest star in this TV now where the entire episode is about you. And so you're going to have a little bit more liberty to come in and they're going to book you off of the fact that we liked your choices. We liked what made you you in this regard, who this character is. And then further, you start to look at it and say, okay, well, if you're a recurring guest star, you're going to be on for multiple episodes. You begin to be more invested in the overall storytelling. If you're a series regular, even more so, they want to know what really drives this character. So it's about making the character real for you so you understand. Again, we go back to the murderer thing. If you're this murderer, why did you do it? Are you happy you did it? Do you regret having done it? Would you do it again? Let's really find out why. That's what makes this art form so challenging. Philip Seymour Hoffman had a saying, to be good is easy, to be great is torture. And it really is true because you're asking yourself to go into dark places, frightening places, places where we normally avoid, where we, we shun exposure we don't want to be there we don't want to see okay in this scene charles your kids have died i have a i have a 17 year old daughter who i absolutely adore and who i gotta brag has a 4.7 gpa and got a full ride academic scholarship to wisconsin she is now going to be a badger there you go so i have my daughter I have my son who also straight a's great athlete awesome wonderful kids right if i playing a character who has lost his children how am i going to find the truth of that I'm going to have to either use my imagination to get me there or hook myself into a reality and use a substitute to bring in. And now after all these years, I know if I think of something horrible happening to my wife or my kids, it changes me. It changes my mood. It makes me dark. I don't want to think those thoughts, but I've put myself in a career where I have to start to go there to explore that. That's what you do. You have to be willing to allow yourself to be tortured. You know, if you're a military person or a doctor, say, and you have a lot of jargon, a lot of medical facts you have to spew off, you have to do the work. You have to go in and read everything, look up what you don't know, reach out to people and say, hey, does anybody know a doctor or a nurse? Can I ask you questions about this? What does all this mean? So that you've done that work. Because if it's not clear to you, how is it going to be clear to us when you say stuff? You could... Really, really make a point that you feel is salient and important, but it it isn't really even anything that is of any importance to what you're saying. You just don't know the jargon. So it's like, well, this sounds really important. I'm just going to emphasize this. No, because the doctor knows if you're playing that character, you've got to know what it is that you're doing. Because once you do that work, getting on set is really easy. Because you're like, okay, yeah, cool. Hey, we changed the lines. All right cool, that's fine. Let me just ask myself the questions again based on this. Well, now what does my character want? What do these characters want? What is the conflict I'm working through now? It creates a a very comfortable space to where you can say, I've done my homework. I can go in and execute this.
0: Do you have any other tips for someone who wants to go into acting or someone who wants to better themselves in acting? Any final
1: words of wisdom? Yeah, believe in yourself and believe that you're good, but you can always get better. Believe that you're good, but you can always get better. Don't let other people's negativity undermine your creativity. Find a class, explore it and be honest with yourself. Am I getting stuff out of this class or do I need to look on and find something else? I tell all my students, I want you to not need me. I want you to say, hey, working with Charles is great, but I have the skill sets now to move on. I don't need to be there. Maybe that's not the best business model, but I, you know, I want you to want to be here, but I want to prepare you to say, okay, I understand now what I need to do. Start creating stuff. Write, write a quick one-page scene for yourself and lay it down. Start giving yourself a body of work that you can look back at. Something really interesting happens when we get into habits. It reinforces who we are as people. Habits become our character. And if you're in the habit of being honest, you're going to be an honest person. If you're in the habit of working out every day, you are going to be physically fit. If you're in the habit of creating something every day, of working with people, of reaching out, you are going to be that person. So there's no, there's no one set path, but With digital natives now, everybody who's watching your show, the uh, kids like you, everybody coming up and becoming adults in the industry, create, create your content, create your stuff so that you now have a calling card so that when something comes along, opportunity is just preparation, needing that chance to come together. And if you're prepared and somebody says, hey, you know, I really need somebody who can juggle. Well, I did this really funny juggling scene. It was a minute long. Let me send that in. Boom. All of a sudden you've got it. Keep working every day. Do one thing every day for your craft, whatever that is. Oh, and here's the most important thing. Read out loud 10 minutes a day. I would teach at the SAG Conservatory and I taught multiple classes there. I taught a commercial workshop there. And I said to everybody, if you can read 10 minutes aloud, Every day, for 40 days in a row, I will take you out for coffee and we can talk and you can ask me anything you want. And of the 100, 200 students that I had in my time teaching at the conservatory that came through, I had four people actually do it. And I said to everybody, I'll, I'll be glad to take you out to coffee. you know, And we can talk and you can ask me questions and I'll refer you to whomever I can and all that good stuff. But you have to honestly read. Forty days, 10 minutes allowed every day for 40 days in a row to to get into that habit. And of those couple hundred people, four were able to do it. So that's that's my point. If you want something, go about doing it every day. The doors will open. Surprisingly, you will see the universe opens itself up to you in amazing ways. But that reading is the key. And you don't have to read scripts. You can read paper yeah you can read the instructions on the back of a box of bisquick if you want to (laughs) just read out loud gets you in the habit of hearing other people's words come out of your mouth without checking did that sound right did i make that sound right did that sound good is that human sounding did that work because we don't think that way in life so those are little tips kind of to get you started
0: all right, so that's all I have for you. You mentioned your book, your book
1: series. Do you want to plug? I've talked your ear off so much, and, and this is me being limited. Normally, I will wax philosophical on any number of topics. Yeah, so all shameless plug. If you want to read a really cool fantasy series, check me out at shielddestiny.com I wrote that with my fellow author and actor and director. His name's Skeeter Jones. I think it's a lot of fun. If you go on the character page on the website, we had our amazing artists do about 22 different character sketches and their bios of each character on there. So you can check them out and dive into the world. So it's just a little bit more immersive than kind of like your typical site. And if you're interested in acting, coming out here, or having remote classes, you can reach me through uh, Storytellers Conservatory. So you can go to storytellersconservatory.com. Right now, because of this crazy time we're in with the pandemic, I am teaching all my classes virtually so we do our Zoom classes and get together and work on our stuff and you know this is the new normal. But I, I have actually a couple of students from out there in uh Minnesota have joined up and now are on with everybody and it keeps the community together. And yeah, that's another thing. Find your community. Get together. Be silly. Play. You know, enjoy enjoy what you do. That will assure that you make those habits into that character that carries with you for the rest of your life.
0: Well, I'll let it end on that. So thank you very much for being here. I appreciate it a lot. It was very fun. And and also tell your daughter congrats and your son happy birthday for me.
1: (laughs) I will happy birthday to you. And we're going to kick it back live to Peyton in the studio. Back to you, Peyton.
0: Why, thank you, Charles. And with that, I bring our Charles saga to a close. It was a wonderful time and I super enjoyed interviewing Charles and I think he gave a lot of really good information and a lot of really inspirational stuff that I think you students at home can use either now or in the future when you can finally go back to doing your art thing. So it was a real treat having him and I'm super glad for that opportunity. So thank you, Charles. But now, after that exciting finish, I suppose it should be time for me to go. Once again, if you want to add Charles' books to your reading list over quarantine, that is shieldofdestiny.com. They've got a lot of cool stuff up there, and you can find them at Storytellers Conservatory. So, that's Charles' stuff. Now, my stuff tomorrow is Ask Peyton, so if you have any burning questions you need to ask me or want to ask me, you can do that at peyton, P-E-Y-T-O-N, at storyark.org, and I look forward to hearing from you there. That's all. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I will see you tomorrow. This has been COVID Operation. I've been Peyton Zignego. Stay safe out there. See you tomorrow. Peyton and tapioca, over and out.